everyone, we are here. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. Glad to be with you live, somewhat in person, I guess you could say, here on Facebook, newhopecc.tv. Hey, don't forget, beginning uh, February 2nd, we're going to our Facebook, we're going to be on YouTube. New Hope Radio will have its own YouTube channel. We'll give you more information on how to get there next week. But we will not be on Facebook for various reasons. And uh, it's just not the best platform. YouTube's better. So that's where we'll be. Starting February 2nd. So if you enjoy watching the program online, just check us out on YouTube. We'll be there waiting for you. You know, there are so many diverse things that happen in life, aren't there? Many good, some uh, not that good, we would say. And then questions usually arise as to why we fail to understand the why of that thing. Right? You ever ask yourself, why did this happen? Actually, you probably ask God, why did that happen? Did that have to happen? Like, really, God? Did that really have to happen? Oh, uh, you probably, we've all been there at one time or another. Sometimes that thing even seems so needless to our natural eyes. Something happens and it's like, what's the point? Why did that have to happen? Well, that's the event that we're going to arrive at Today, in John chapter 11, we have one of those why situations. Now, life in ancient Jerusalem was somewhat somewhat like what life is for us here in the summer, right? Weather's nice. People go about their duties. Here we've got two sisters, Mary and Martha. They probably figured, what a great day to be alive. And Jesus was even their friend. When you get a friend like Jesus, that puts you in a better mood. Jesus often received the precious gift of hospitality from Mary and Martha. See, he had no place to lay his head. No place that he really called home. So he appreciated hospitality. And Mary and Martha, man, they were there. Oh, yeah. They were there for quite a while. Always there for Jesus. You know, the greatest gift gift is to have someone to whom we can go at any time, knowing that they will not laugh at our dreams or even judge our failures. That's a gift. Do you have somebody like that? Are you like that? Can someone come to you and You're not going to laugh at their dreams and ideas. And you're not going to condemn them for their failures. And I hope you have someone that you can go to that's like that also. Any home can be like that to someone. So, it was a great day in Jerusalem. And then, the unexpected happened. You know what the unexpected is? The unexpected are the things that we don't plan for. And there are many things in life that we don't plan for. And then, boom, they happen. 
You know what happened? Their brother, Lazarus, he became sick. Now, the sisters, oh yeah, they knew what they would do. They'll send for Jesus. After all, he was their friend and he loved Lazarus. Surely he could do something. So in John chapter 11, verse 3, the Bible tells us, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Oh, these girls, they're cute. They're clever. They didn't say, Lord, Lazarus is sick. They, no, they reminded him, Lord, the one you love. has a, a little more motivation there. You know, the one you love is sick. And they didn't even ask him to come. They knew they didn't have to. They'd only have to mention the fact that he was sick. And boom, that'd be enough to bring Jesus. They didn't say, Lord, please come. They knew he would come. You know, someone tells of two friends who served together in World War I. One of them was wounded and left lying helpless in pain. And he was out in like no man's land. And the other friend, at the peril of his own life, he crawled out to help his own friend. And when he reached him, the wounded man looked up and said simply, I knew you would come. That's friendship. I knew you would come. But Jesus, in this scene, he responded in a very surprising way. Yeah, it tells us in verse 4. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God. What he's saying is, Lazarus is sick. Not that he's going to die and stay dead, but that God will be glorified. And that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. So we get a double glory here. We've got God the Father and we've got God the Son going to be glorified in this. So Lazarus, you know what? He's a picture of the risen Lord because he did die and he was buried in a tomb. But we're going to see. Oh, yeah, he woke up. Jesus woke him up and came out of that tomb. Now, verse 5 tells us Jesus, he loved Martha and he loved Mary, her sister, and he loved Lazarus. He loved them all. They were good friends. They fed him and gave him a place to rest. He taught the Word of God in their house. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, you know what he did? He stayed two days longer where he was. I'm like, what? <laughs> he heard his friend was sick, and he stayed two days longer. Wow, that's surprising. You or I wouldn't have done that. We would have been, I'd be right there. Let me get an Uber. Let me get my car. I'll be right there. But Jesus lives by his own words. You know what they are? Do not be anxious. And he wasn't. So after two days, two days go by now, and Jesus says to his disciples, let's go to Bethany. Oh, they tried to persuade him. No, no Lord, don't go. There are people there, man. They want you dead. Don't go there. It's a trap. Don't go. They're going to ambush you. They're waiting for you. And Jesus said, Are there not 12 hours in the day? Speaking of the daytime, the daylight. And what he's saying is, and once in a while he'd speak like that. And he'd say, you know, opportunity 
is not always here. Just like even though the day is 24 hours, there's only 12 hours of light. Make the most of it. So Jesus' attitude, don't make haste, but don't make waste. <laughs> you have enough time to do what you're supposed to do. But do it. Because time one day is going to run out. Jesus told the disciples that Lazarus had fallen asleep. Now, at first, they didn't understand. Doreen said, timing is perfect, always. God's timing. I know. Sometimes we think he's late. Oh, we never think he's early. <laughs> we never think God is early, but we always think he's late. But he's always on time for him. So Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep. The disciples are like, oh, what's the big deal then? But you see, sleep was often used to signify death in the ancient world. And the reason they signify death is because you wake up from sleep. And for the believer, when you die, you wake up. David speaks of the experience of the believer in Psalm 17:15. He said, and by the way, this is, this is prophetic. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. Ah, when I awake. He's talking about dying and then the resurrection. That's what he's talking about. He knows he's going to be resurrected and be face to face with the Lord. You know, if you're a believer, that's going to happen to you too. You'll be face to face with the Lord. Will that be the coolest thing ever? It certainly will. What can beat that? Face to face with Jesus? <laughs> So verse 12, the disciples then said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, okay, he'll recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was talking about literal sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> I'll tell you, Jesus can really pick him. What am I laughing at? He picked me. <laughs> yeah, he can really pick him, that's for sure. He said, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Wow. Why? So that you may believe. Oh. See, Jesus has a motivation for many of the things that he does. And you know what that motivation is? To get people to believe. To build their faith. You know how important that is to the Lord? It's like the most important thing. Building your faith is very crucial to the Lord Jesus. It really is. And that's something that we all need to be uh, doing on a daily basis. See, life is all about faith. What does the Bible say? The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, we stand firm in faith. Hmm. Paul said, we're justified by faith. Galatians 2, 16. We're saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8. Faith pleases God. Hebrews 6, 11. So look at what faith does. 
What does faith do? Number one, it's how we live. It's how we stand. It's how we're justified. It's how we're saved. And it's how we're pleasing to God. (laughs) It's all through faith. There's some great verses to write down and give you a motivation to build your faith. And how do you build your faith? Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Listening to WARV. Listening to the Hope Club podcast. Listening to your favorite preacher, whoever that is, as long as he's right on the money. I don't mean taking your money. I mean on the money, okay? Biblically accurate. I'll build your faith. So they're on their way and they get to Bethany. Now Lazarus had already been in the tomb oh, four days. Wow. Now, you know, many Jews believe that the soul remained near the body for three days after death and the hope of returning to it. If this idea was in their minds, then they obviously thought all hope was gone because Lazarus was irrevocably dead. Jesus showed up not three days later, four days later. So according to the ancient belief, if Jesus showed up right away after he died, the skeptics could have said, Oh, his soul was right near the body. It just came right in. But after three days, the soul's gone. So they believed. So Jesus came in four days where there was no hope. So he's on his way, and Martha goes out to meet him. And then Mary followed. And they told Jesus, Oh, Jesus, if you had been here sooner, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Kind of blaming him a little. Maybe not. Some say they were. Maybe they're just not blaming him at all. Just saying, oh, I wish you ran a little faster. And then Jesus said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And they brought him to the tomb. And then what people call the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35, Jesus wept. Now people wonder about this little verse. Was he sad to see Lazarus dead? Was he grieved at the little faith of the people? I don't know. Maybe both, maybe neither. But here's what we do know. The Gospel of John was written to Gentiles. And the gods of the Greeks and the Romans were void of emotion. See, people in the pagan religions that worshipped their gods, their gods had no emotion. They had no sympathy, no compassion. So here... The Jewish God, he shares in the emotions of humanity. That was unheard of before. So Jesus is identifying with the people. And if Jesus can share in the emotions of people 2,000 years ago, he can share in your emotions today. You know that? He's the Lord. He doesn't change. And maybe God is giving us a glimpse into the compassion of Christ, how he identifies with the sorrows of others so we can see that he'll identify with our own personal sorrows as well. That's how we find hope in Christ. That's how we find consolation in Christ. We never grieve alone, even if no one's around, but the Lord grieves with you. So, of course, people are always divided on how they view Jesus The Jews were saying, oh, how we loved him. But some of them said, 
Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this guy from dying? What's up with that? How can we help that guy but not this guy and this guy's his friend? <laughs> oh, there's always critics, huh? I don't care what you do, there's always critics. You know, guy gets up and gets a base hit. Ah, I should have got a double. Guy gets a double. Ah, why didn't he running to third? You know, so Jesus again being deeply moved within. In other words, with indignation. Now he's getting a little testy. <laughs> Jesus is getting testy. He's getting indignated. Indignated. Is that a word, indignated? He has indignation. Have you ever been there? You're in the presence of people, and you know some of those people you're with, they really like you, and some of those that are with, they don't like you at all. You're in a mixed crowd. You ever been there? Some like you and some don't. Kind of a funny place to be, I would say. It's a situation that oftentimes we don't have a lot of control over. That's okay. We can deal with things like that. You know what you do? You gravitate to the positive. You avoid the negative. That's what I do. I just avoid them. Go to the positive. That's probably how Jesus felt. So he came to the tomb. It was really a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. And Martha complained. Now she's complaining. Oh, it's too late. Wait, no. He's going to smell, Lord. Don't do it. And Jesus said to her, didn't I say to you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? If you believe, you will what? See. Believing precedes seeing. Don't be the kind of person that says, well, if I see, then I'll believe. Well, you know what? You'll never believe because you're not going to see. By believing, God will open your eyes and then you'll see. Faith opens our eyes to see to that which you would otherwise not see. Like I said, it's all about faith. You get faith, you can see a lot. No faith, ah, not going to see anything at all. Doreen said, accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. Words of wisdom. It's true. So, what will you see? The glory of God. Oh, I like that. What are you going to see when you open your eyes through faith? The glory of God. And what's the glory of God? God working in your life. That's what you want to see. God working in your life. You know, there are times God works in people's lives and they don't even see it. You want to see it because that'll give you hope. When you can see God working, that gives you hope. So what did Jesus do? He prayed to the Father. I like that. He always prayed to the Father. And then he cried out, Lazarus, Come forth. Come on out. And then guess what? The man who had died, Lazarus, he came forth. Bound hand and foot with wrappings. And his face was wrapped around with a cloth. I, I used to ask myself, how did he see where he was going? I still ask myself that. I guess he just followed the voice. You know, followed Jesus' voice. 
said, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. <laughs> Here comes Lazarus. He's following the voice because his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to the people, unbind him and let him go. Wow. So Lazarus was in paradise, but he came back. We don't have any comment from Lazarus. I wonder if he was mad, if he was angry. Man, I was in paradise. Why'd you guys bring me back here? Paradise is cool. Man, I was in Abraham. I was with Daniel. I was with Moses. Ezekiel. Oh, uh, it was great down. No, but he came back and he never complained. Lazarus never complained about coming back. So, but he, he does give us a twofold picture. Number one, that Jesus being raised from the dead and coming out of the tomb was kind of demonstrated by Lazarus himself. Lazarus is a type of Christ, showing us what would happen with Jesus. And then secondly, each one of us being raised from our own spiritual deadness, we were all given new life by God. See, before we were saved, we were spiritually dead. And through faith in Christ, we became spiritually alive, and God gave us like a new life. And then when we die again physically, and we're resurrected, wow, we're going to have another new life, a greater life, a higher life form, so to speak. And remember in the beginning, Jesus said, Lazarus, this isn't, this isn't going to end in death, but for the glory of God. You know what happens in verse 45? Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary saw what he had done, and they believed in him. There it is. That's the kicker. They believed in him. See, Jesus is a faith builder. He wants to build your faith because he knows you cannot go far without it. We saw what faith does earlier in the account. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? See, Jesus says many wonderful things, but here's the key. Do you believe? Everybody can have a Bible in their hand, but you have to believe in order to profit from it. The one that says, nah, man, I don't believe that stuff. Okay. There's no profit. But the one that says, oh, yes, this is the word of God. This is God speaking to me. Oh, there's great profit in that. So the question today is, do you have faith? That's the question. The Apostle Paul said, examine yourself daily to see if you're in the faith. Are you operating, are you living by what you say you believe? That's a good one. Are you living by what you say you believe? You believe God's word. Are you living that way? Let's examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Some people may have a saving faith but not enough faith to stop you from worrying or being anxious or panicky. So if that's you, you need to build your faith. Build it up. you got something to work with. Build on it. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Others may not have that saving faith. Then they have nothing to build on. 
because it starts off with saving faith. And if you've got saving faith, you've got a foundation. And you can build on that foundation. You know what? You see a foundation out there? You can build a beautiful house on that foundation. And you've got a foundation in Christ called salvation. And you can build a beautiful life on that house, on that foundation. You can build a beautiful life. You can do it if you want to. All the lumber is there. Utilize it and build it. That's all you have to do. Because that's what Jesus is into. He's into us having faith, living in faith, standing in faith, being justified by faith, and with that faith, being pleasing to God. There it is. That's a great little study right there. A few verses on faith. So, as the people at the tomb believed, and they believed Jesus for who he was, we have to do the same thing. We can do the same thing they did. Put our faith in Jesus for who he really is. And build on that faith. That's the key. Build on it. Don't just stay at saving faith. Build a life on it. It's like you got a great house. Don't walk in and stand at the threshold and never go in. Go in the house and enjoy it. Well, don't stay at saving faith. Live in that faith and enjoy it. Next time we're going to see a woman comes in and anoints Jesus' feet. And again, what a reaction. Ah, what a reaction there's going to be by some of the people. Why is it when, when people did good things, people reacted against Jesus, and then when some people did good things to Jesus, others still reacted too? Oh, that's who we are, right? That's the kind of people that we are. That's what happens when you have a sin nature that's wildly out of control. That's what happens. So listen, I hope this was helpful today. If it is, join the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click media. Click radio. Fill out the information. We'll get you in the Hope Club. Send you devotional five days a week. Beautiful audio file devotional. You'll love it. Six minutes long. Get you started off on the right foot every day. Okay? Thank you for coming along today. I will be back with you tomorrow, God willing, for more of New Hope Radio. I'll see you then.